Hey, this is Ricky Rocket, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and you are listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Sebastian Bach, and you've got to tune to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 272 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 272, we are joined by a very special guest we have joining us for the first time on the show, Sebastian Bach. Obviously, everyone remembers Sebastian from Skid Row, uh, but he's gone on to make some really great uh, solo material. He's got three full-length solo albums out now obviously angel down which was a phenomenal record uh kicking and screaming and give him hell uh which was released uh, in 2014 uh, he's out currently now just kicked off the 18 and live tour uh they're coming through pittsburgh on july 3rd going to be playing the hard rock cafe and then uh, just a couple of days later for those of uh, you in the pittsburgh area like myself or a little farther south of the city they're going to be doing schmidt's saloon in morgantown west virginia so two chances to catch Sebastian on this tour. Uh, Sebastian's been grabbing some headlines lately uh, for his criticism of folks using cell phones at shows, which I think I think everyone can relate to that. You see people at uh, concerts who are spending more time worried about capturing video on their iPhone uh, when, frankly, you know the video is going to suck when you go back and watch it. The audio is going to be terrible, and eventually the artist is going to release a DVD of the tour anyway. So... I have to fully and wholeheartedly agree with him. I am a big fan of watching concert DVDs, but I have no interest at all in videoing an event. Uh, we, As you know, if you're a follower of Iron City Rocks, we do do quite a bit of concert photography and always love to have great action shots from shows, but uh, leave the video to the professionals and leave the phone in your pocket. Uh, so without further ado, let's play a little bit of Sebastian Bach, and then we're going to get into the interview. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, 
and, and listening to like uh, listening to your live record uh, just recently, and obviously you've got three killer studio albums that you've done in the last eight years. Uh, it seems like your music has gotten uh, a little more sophisticated and a lot more aggressive than I think what a lot of fans would remember from you know 1989. Um, can you talk a little bit about your kind of transformation as a solo artist and in the kind of material you produce? Um, well, um, I think that this is a pretty heavy album, and uh, when I go in the studio, I'm just, all I'm trying to do is uh, give you music that is uh, challenging in its with what you expect from me, which is, I believe, to be high intensity and, uh, you know, operatic, flying, screaming vocals, and that, that's pretty much what I uh, expect of myself. Having said that, for the first time in years, I'm not working on a new record right now, and it really feels fucking great. That's not like you have I know no it's pun intended. Huh? No pun intended, but that that monkey off your back of working on a new record. Well, um, how can I say this? Each one of my solo records pretty much sold exactly the same amount. Like, they even mm. came in, they even, on the Billboard 200 chart, one of them charted at 69, one charted at 70, one charted at 71. Like, it's like crazy. So, for my next record, which I will do someday... But it could be, I think, different uh, than the last three albums I did. Um, I, I'm, I'm in my heart. What I would love is to have an album of mine that sounded like a '70s album, which okay. is what I mean by like recording it uh, in in a way that. But then I listen to Women and Children first. you go back to recording with tape as opposed to Pro Tools? I don't even know if that's possible, but yes, I would. I, I heard rumors like uh, that uh, Tom Schultz of Boston went and bought the whole stock of Antox tape. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you can get tape anymore. I, I don't know. But as an artist, I would love it. But you know, like okay, Black Sabbath 13 sounds like a 70s Black Sabbath. Yeah. As much as it could, you know, like in in 2014. So whatever the fuck they were doing, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Or I just would love to have an album of mine that that sound like that. I love Give Them Hell. Okay, Give Them Hell is like Star Wars. It's like holy shit. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a very modern sounding record and. When it really got that sound was when it went to mastering with Tom Baker. He made it sound right. so fucking space age, and I totally love it. But my taste uh, as a as a fan of rock fan and everything, the next one I do, that's, I'm going to be going for like if I could have a Black Sabbath 13 kind of production, that's what I'd be looking for. 
when when you were making the albums of the you know late eighties, the early nineties, played to the grind, things like that, were was the were you guys as artists involved in, in choice of producers, the types of studios you worked in, or did the record company did that one kind of dictate all that to you? Yeah, have I got an answer to that question? <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. This is in my book. This is the truth. When I was 12 years old, I bought Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love, on Leather Records. And I loved it so much that I turned it back around and I read the credits. And it said, Management Doc McGee, produced by Michael Wagner. And I was on my bike in Peterborough, Ontario, and I said, right then, I go, my first record will be produced by Michael Wagner, and my manager will be Doc McGee. For the win. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out and well. I got in the row. I had already met Doc, and then him in 87. It's in Nikki Sixth's Heroin Diaries. He talks about that a bit. That's where I first met Doc. Hmm. Then... I told those guys in Skid Row, Michael Wagner is going to produce that record. They're like, no, let's let's try Little Steven or or uh, this guy. I go, no, no, this is <laughs> this is what we're doing. And my favorite band at the time was called Max. Okay. A spare metal, and Michael Wagner produced that album as well as Too Fast for Love. And the vocals on this Malice in the beginning record are very. If you if you dig my singing, you'll hear where I got a lot of my shit. Um, mm-hmm. And if you listen to that first Malice album, actually the very first song called "Rockin' with You," I used to sing that in uh, my ex-wife's bedroom and try over and over. And um, when you say that we have input on the producer, <laughs> I picked the producer when I was twelve. <laughs> Oh, that's good to hear because you know I think in a lot of respects people think a lot of the you know the bands of the eighties didn't get a lot of say in that kind of stuff because it was such a big business at the time. Yeah, yeah it is. The thing about me is if you've known me and my personality, like nobody tells me what to do ever. I mean, I don't I don't know how other bands work. I can remember when I did that Strangeship record. I, I I gave that guy like a nervous breakdown because he couldn't believe, he couldn't believe that I just did whatever the fuck I want. I was like, oh, shit. Nobody tells the how to sing. Okay? Zero people. Only my vocal coach tells me how to sing. Let me ask you this. How much work do you used to put in? I mean, because as I mentioned, you know, you listen to, you know, your live records, and I've seen you live in person. The records aren't, you know, 8 million overdubs. That's your voice, and it still sounds that great today. What is what has been your kind of final use for that? How do you I, I have a, a scale, a bel canto, which is taught by a guy named Don Lawrence out of New York and, and other people too, but that's who taught me. And he also is the vocal coach for Lady Gaga and Christina Aguilera and uh, Bon Jovi. That's who came to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, it's a scale called bel canto, and it's an Italian method of singing that is like the way I can describe it is that 
if you do the scale like every day, which as I get out the phone to you, I'm gonna go do it. It's mm-hmm. do it all the time. The more the stir, and um, it's all it's it, it's like speech level. I try to save all of my power for those high screens, and I have to contort my body and <laughs> get in a weird position. Uh, to make it work, but uh, that's. I used to look at Joe Cocker on TV, and I go, "What is yeah. he? What is he? What's wrong with him? Yeah, yeah." And I look at myself, "What is It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I know. In listening to you know, you're out. You're. You know, I always loved live albums. I think you know, you're you're certainly a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of like just alive, and that just kind of set the bar for me to so love live albums. And a lot of times you can really get a feel for a singer by the live album. You know, do they have the audience sing the high note for them? Do they yeah. you know, bring it down an octave? And especially in I Remember You, I kept waiting for you to just kind of put the mic out and let them do that, you know, I love you part. And uh, you just blew it out of the water. And, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, this is great. It's not an easy song to sing. It's very hard to sing. And, uh, oh. Uh, it takes it a lot of control. Um, sometimes I can't let myself get caught up in the excitement of the crowd because sometimes the crowd is so fucking exciting that yeah. you, forget, you forget what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline kicks in. That happened to me, actually, the worst time it ever happened to me was this last time I played Rock and Rio. I shouldn't even mention this. It was the worst show I ever did in my life. And what happened was I hadn't played in front of a crowd like that in, in years. Like, yeah. like, it was it was nuts. And I ran out there, and I was like, break in the <laughs> They were going so insane that I just I, I didn't control what I was doing. I just was running around and... Um, yeah, I, I, I have caught to it. Not get caught up in the in the mayhem, you know, because to sing a song like I remember you perfectly, you pretty much have to fucking stand there, like and do something. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to hear it, believe me, when I'm singing in the studio, I'm not running as hard as I can. <laughs> sure, I'm standing there and fucking like concentrating. Um, so, so live and, and studio is a different, different world. People don't, I don't think people really get that, but, but it's definitely a different, uh, world studio. Absolutely. Now, I recall during the, um, back, I don't even remember when the show aired, but in Supergroup, uh, I remember you kind of getting up early and running, um, and yeah. making a remark about keeping your instrument in shape. Is, is physical fitness still, you know, even probably more so at this point, a key for, Gonna keep in the instrument. Yeah, but I don't things. go running, look good or abs. I go running because stage. If you're not aerobically in shape, you will come so winded after the first song. It's impossible. Right. Great heavy metal, and, and every night and run around the stage without being in pretty fucking good shape. It's not. It's it's. Just, just yelling and singing, 
at the top of your lungs for a couple of hours is, is a lot of energy. <laughs> I, I can't even explain it. People look at me after the show and they're like, dude, because I'm, I'm spent after the gig. Yeah, really, yeah. Really, I, really, really, I leave it all up there. And everybody wants to party and get loaded and, and uh, talk. And, and I'm like, man, you got to give me a couple minutes here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm get my breath. Yeah, I also, like, you know, I always mar- marveled at, uh, again, going back to Kiss, Paul's family, the amount of, yeah. uh, you know, movement and running around and dancing he does that he doesn't come up to the microphone sucking wind. Uh, right. Is, is, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and he's playing I, a guitar. I, and I was uh, on a show, uh, sing your face off, and I wanted to wear stiletto heel boots, and I couldn't even walk in them on those things. I was like, "How does Kiss do this?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is a marvel. You know, I don't think you give uh, that enough thought. But um, you're going to be coming in. You're going to be doing a show. Um, can we expect the material from all three of the solo records um, in the set? Um, the thing is, is uh, I think when I play Pittsburgh, I'm going to have this guitar player named Jeff Coleman, who is a total shredder. Um, and I got from Chad Smith of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. He's in the bombastic heat bath. And this guy plays like fucking <sighs> unbelievable. So we, we were talking last night, we might do some more obscure tunes um, because he's Another level of guitar playing. So we got awesome. Bobby on the drums as always, and, and uh, this guy might allow us to do some more obscure stuff. Depends. On, I don't know how big the altar bar is. I don't know. I don't know the size of the venue. Uh, but if it's a smaller, more intimate show, we might be doing some weirder tunes. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool building. Uh, it's a converted church. So you're right there wow. above the stage. Thank God. It's a fun venue, and uh, I expect it to be packed for you when you get into Very town. Cool. And then, you know, I know we'd love to see some, you know, some classics and obscure stuff, whatever it's oh, like. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll definitely hear the hits because I know when people are buying the tickets, so, you know, I know I know that. But I think that, I think over time, I get a lot of feedback from my fans, and, and they someone gets mad that I don't do more solo stuff. They're like, dude, you, you have these great albums. And I'm like, well, it's confusing. You know, because yeah. as an artist, you want to blow the crowd away as much as possible. And it's hard to argue with the success of the show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's always a, you know, a fraction of the audience who, you know, would love to hear Angel Down start to finish, and then you You've got the majority of the audience that wants to hear, you know, six songs or seven songs in particular. If they don't play those, they're going to be a riot. So it's, I don't envy. I, I do not envy artists trying to make sense of, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you're Iron Maiden, if you tour on new material, people complain. And if you're Kiss and you tour on your old stuff, people complain. So I don't don't envy the set list. Then again, there's a band like The Rush. Who could play anything and people go nuts? Yeah, yeah. They play whatever they feel like. And and, uh, and also, my buddy in Hell Yeah, Vinny Paul, they mm-hmm. play all new shit pretty much the whole show. So yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. Who knows? I'm going to be doing so yeah. many gigs this summer. <laughs> like we yeah. said, we're not just going to stick to the same set list all summer. We're gonna, we are going to put in different things. Yeah. I mean, you could you could throw in a whole set of Rush songs. I think people would love it too. Well, we were we were doing uh, 
Fighters are back. August 25th, first Niagara Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations online at LiveNation.com or call 800-745-3000. If someone get in the best, the best, the best, the best new album, Sonic Highways, available now. For more info, go to FooFighters.com. All right, a giant thank you to Sebastian Bach. Again, you can catch him July 3rd at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh, uh, July 8th in Morgantown, West Virginia. The tour uh, started in uh, Portland, Oregon back at the beginning of the uh, month of June, and it goes through close to the end of July. So there are plenty of chances to see him uh, mostly uh, East Coast uh, stuff, but also Texas, Canada, and uh, doing quite a few dates in uh, New Zealand and Australia in September. So if you're in the sound of my voice, which is global, Sebastian's on his way with the 18 and Live Tour. And again, uh, if you have not taken the opportunity to listen to his solo material, uh, Angel Down, Kicking and Screaming and Give Him Hell, uh, really suggest you get out and give those a listen. Uh, I am a big fan of live records, and he has got a live album out as well, Bring Him Back Alive. Um, that is really worth uh, the time to listen. It's very aggressive music. It uh, does not sound uh, like a rehashed hairband. Um, I think Sebastian's uh, style really, to me, kind of shone through on uh, the Slave to the Grind record, and I think those uh, solo albums he's done have more akin to that style of music than the original debut Skid Row album, which was uh, largely written by... uh, the guys who are still in Skid Row. So if you if you like the the um, Slave to the Grind record, I think you'll really really like his his material. And live, uh, he's very uh, as you mentioned in the interview, very aware that people are going to hear the hits. Um, you know the I Remember You, the Monkey Businesses, and stuff like that. But the American Metalhead and things like that from those solo albums aren't songs you want to go get a beer or hit the bathroom. They're, they're, they're worth your time to listen to, and it's extremely high energy. And the vocals are still there. You know, it wasn't uh, necessarily in the interview trying to kiss up. In his live album, when they do I Remember You, uh, the 2014 or 2013, I apologize on the year of the live album, but when he comes out of that uh, guitar solo and, and stuff from I Remember You and he does that big I Love You, in the vocal he's still doing it he's still hitting it um it's not an easy thing to do and as you know many bands out there when they have those parts of the songs that they can no longer hit you know point the audience the microphone and let them carry the note for them sebastian hits those notes dead on um so really i think a performer you're going to see he's you know still a relatively young guy he was extremely young when skid row broke uh takes his 
instrument and his fitness very uh, seriously, so the voice is still there. So and check that out, Sebastian Bach. Plenty of chances to see him and check out the new record. So till next time, we want to invite you to check out ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com, twitter.com, instagram.com, forward slash ironcityrocks on all of those. Um, and be sure to check out our website. We're always giving away tickets uh, and, and helping keep music and hard rock especially alive in the Pittsburgh scene as well as the world. So I want to thank you. And if you have any comments, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>